you are listening to the Pleasant View Baptist Church preaching podcast. We hope today's message will be a blessing to you and your family. Thank you for taking time to listen to our preaching podcast. But anyway, let's get into the message tonight. Um, Genesis chapter number 8. Uh, Genesis chapter number 7 and Genesis chapter number 8 is is very interesting time in our Bible because God is casting judgment on the face of the planet. Uh, God is going to, the flood is coming. And Noah, as we know, one of the most famous stories of our Bible is Noah's Ark. Uh, even even non-Christians know about Noah's Ark. And, um, and so we're going to look at that tonight. And this is actually, we're going to pick up reading after Noah's on the Ark, after the floods already came, the water has started to recede, and you've got to think, Noah's been on this thing for 40 days and 40 nights. And even longer than that is the water begins to recede. And here's your thought, you deep Bible studies. Miss Ashlyn, you love to study deep of your Bible. You ready for this? I want you to, I want you, I'm going to step behind the pulpit right here because this is Reesology, and I don't have any Reesology on this. But here's you, if you want a deep Bible study, here you go. God flooded the earth, right? We believe that. We, and when we believe that God flooded the earth, we believe that God flooded the entire earth. We believe that. We don't believe this was a localized flood. We believe that this was a flood that there was no land visible on the face of the planet, period. That it was all covered in water. So here's your study. Where'd the water go? Where'd the water go? Answer that question. Where did the water go? I don't have an answer. I can't, I can't give you an answer on that. But where did the water go? We know God created a wind that the Bible talks about here in Genesis, the beginning of Genesis chapter number 8. A wind came in and blew the waters, but where did it blow the waters to? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'll let you study it out. And just, it's, it's a, there's not, I don't believe there's a right or wrong answer because I, I believe God will give us all knowledge one day. But I love studying. I love digging off and stuff like that. And, uh, and here's another one. Here's another deep study. Where did the waters come from? He opened up heaven, but he also opened up earth. Where do waters come from? There's another stuff. I, ain't got any, I can't honestly, I, I'm telling you, right, I, don't even have a, I don't even have an idea of where it came from. Um, but it did come across in some of my study this week um, uh, of just where did it go? Where did it come from and where did it go? Uh, I just think that's interesting. It, it means nothing. It matters nothing. But it's just interesting. It's interesting things to study. Uh, and, and what you're going to find when you do stuff like that when you go off on these open-ended questions and they're, uh, they really, they're, they're wormholes or rabbit holes, what you're going to find is you're going to find you'll dig deeper in your Bible. You'll read verses of your Bible that you wouldn't normally have read. And you're just digging deeper. And there ain't nothing wrong with it. What's, what, there ain't nothing, more, ain't nothing in the world wrong with it. But anyway, there's your little thought. But the waters had begun to recede, and the mountaintops now are becoming visible. And so you just imagine that. Noah, they've been on the boat been rocking back and forth on a boat, and they've been peeking out the... I don't know how they had it. I, I have an imagination that's probably like that of a five-year-old, but I've got a big imagination, so I just imagine Noah walking to the window, peeking out the window, and him just peeking out there, and he said, Ooh, I think I see something out there. And they start seeing mountaintops. Uh, um, uh, last night, I had the privilege to share a devotion with some teenagers, and uh, I told them last night, I actually shared the same thought with them. I said, I said Could you imagine Noah going past pilot knob and there he goes he saw the top of, of mount pilot right there and uh, i was picking on him i don't think he done that but i was just picking he saw mountaintops and the mountaintops began to come visible and then we pick up reading in verse number six 
of Genesis chapter number 8. You can, be, you can remain seated for the reading tonight. And it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. And he sent forth a raven which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth. And he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated uh, from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her feet, and she returned unto him unto the ark. For the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth... Now, I'm reading this slowly because I want you to get it. Then he, being Noah, put forth his hand and took her, the dove, and pulled her unto him into the ark. You know, I've read this story of Noah's Ark many, many times. I've read it, I mean, countless number of times. I've read the story of Noah. But that verse right there, I don't know if I've ever slowed down and read that verse. And I'm going to read it again. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him into the ark. For the waters were on the face of the whole earth, and he put forth his hand and took her, and pulled her unto him into the ark. And, and he stayed yet another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came to him in the evening, and lo, in her, in her mouth was an olive leaf, plucked off, so Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. And he stayed yet another, he stayed yet other seven days, and sent forth the dove, which returned not again unto him anymore. And, and, and I just want, I'm going to preach tonight on Noah's dove. Noah's dove, and I'm going to preach on that dove tonight. God, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, just help us tonight in the service. God, I pray, God, you illuminate our minds, God. God, I help you. Just I pray, God, you'll help us preach like a dying man to a dying people, God. God, I pray, God, that you would just show us, God, exactly what you would have us to say. And God, I pray, God, you'll preach us in the way you'd have us to preach, God. God, anoint our words, anoint our mouth, God. And God, show up in a mighty, mighty way tonight, God. We need you, Lord, in these days. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. After the global devastation caused by the flood in chapter number 7, Genesis 8 opens with a quietness and a calmness. Uh, when we read chapter number 7, you see the excitement of the flood. The beginning of chapter number 8, it's, wrote, it's, it's very calming words. And God remembered Noah. And God remembered Noah. And you know what? God's got, God, God is a God of judgment in our Bible, but God is, God is a God of peace as well. And every time that there's judgment, God brings peace. Anytime that God casts judgment on somebody, God shortly follows it with peace. And we find that in chapter number 8. God remembered Noah. God also remembered the animals. Um, he would fulfill His promise to keep them safe and, and begin creation over again. Um, in a sense, on a world made new by the flood. The flood waters continued to recede. The mountaintops, as I said before, they, be, uh, they became visible. Noah sent out birds as a test to see if any dry land was, near, was nearby. And we see all this taking place, and we see all this stuff happening, and, 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 and Noah, uh, 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 I'm trying to paint a picture for you tonight, Noah had just probably been through some scary moments of his life. Um, chapter number 7, as victorious as this picture of Noah's ark was, it was probably a very devastating time for them. Uh, imagine what it would have been like when God told Noah and his family to go into the ark. They went into the ark and then God closed the door and it was pitched within and without. That means nobody else was getting in. That means 
I always can imagine it like this when it began to rain. And Noah and his family is on the ark. All these people that he preached to for a hundred... Noah preached for 120 years without a single convert. Preached for 120 years not one person ever came outside of his family. Not one person ever, ever came and trusted what he was saying. Nobody ever believed in what he was preaching. Uh, that shows his faithfulness. But as they entered into the ark and God closed that door and it began to rain and the floods began to happen, I could imagine as the water on earth began to be about knee deep. I could imagine people going up to the side of the ark beating on it. Noah! You were right. The waters have come. You need to let us in. Uh, quit joking around. You need to let us in. But God didn't, or Noah didn't get in. The, Noah didn't close the door of the ark, and Noah couldn't open the door of the ark. Uh, it took God to be able to do that. It was God's judgment was cast on. It was too late. They had their opportunities. They had their chances. And um, I could imagine as the water began to deep, you know, at this point, uh, there's some, probably a mama out there somewhere holding her baby. And the baby no longer can stand on its own. Mama's having to hold that baby. And they're beating on, my baby's going to drown. My baby's going to drown. I'm telling you, this would have been a bad time. Uh, I, 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 and I understand Noah's Ark is a story of God's grace and God's deliverance and, God's, uh, and, and how much God took care of, the, of, the, of Noah's family. But it's also a time of great despair as well. And, and Noah had to live this in chapter number 7. But chapter number 8, and I could imagine sometime between chapter number 7 and chapter number 8, I just wonder if in Noah's mind he thought God had forgot about us. God had forgot all about us. But then God says in chapter number 8 that God remembered Noah. You know what? There's times in our life where it gets really dark around us. There's times in our life where it seems like there's nowhere else I can turn. Seems like there's nowhere else to go, but I'm thankful for those moments in my life that yes, it gets dark, but then I also love those times in my life when God remembers me. And I'm thankful for that, for that verse. But we go on down through here and uh, I believe the sun probably begins to pop out. And that what used to be those gray days of clouds and rain Began to, the sun began to break through and began to beat down on the side of the ark and maybe in some of the cracks around the windows on the upper part of the ark, I can imagine the sun began to beam through and hit Noah. And Noah probably started perking up. You know how it is when the, it felt a little different coming in tonight and seeing the sun through the windows. It did. It had a little different feel on the service. And, and I can imagine that's what Noah done. And so Noah knew that it was about time to find out if there's any land out there. So Noah goes out to find the land and see. And he walks out, I believe he walks out in the bow of that ship, and he looks around and don't see nothing but water. So he goes back in and waits. He walks back out again, and he starts seeing the mountaintops. Uh, as the water begins to recede and the water levels begin to drop, the boat begins to fall down, what we would say, out of the sky, literally. But the boat began to sink, and the mountaintops began to open up. And so he sends out a raven, and after he sends a raven, he sends a dove. And now I'm not going to go into the types and metaphors of our Bible right there of the raven and the dove, but I will give you this. The dove in this passage of Scripture typifies the lost sinner's journey from a baby that hasn't reached the age of accountability to that person who steps out in their own journey, realizing that they need the Lord for salvation to the Christian that has the world at their fingertips. In the dove's three journeys from the ark, we could, our, we could put ourselves at any part of that journey. And that dove, that dove took three journeys out of the ark. Took the first journey, it went out, didn't find nothing, came back in. Took the second journey, went out and found 
the olive branch the, and plucked the olive branch out. And then its third journey, it went out and never returned. And I'm going to look at that dove tonight. And I'm going I'm I'm to be really brief tonight on the dove. The dove. And I'm going to do an acrostic tonight with the word dove. So let's look at the letter D of the word dove. And when I think of the letter D and I thought about the word dove, I thought about this word. First of all, that dove's deliverance. That dove's deliverance. You know, that dove was just like any other dove, Miss Michelle. It was just like any other. That wasn't nothing special. That dove had nothing to offer Noah but faithfulness. That dove had nothing to offer Noah but just to be faithful to him. Had nothing to offer to God but to be faithful, to do what God commanded that dove to do. Now, you may ask this question. Were the animals in the ark full-grown animals? Were they babies? I don't know. One day God will answer that question. My thought, my suggestion, I think they were younger. They was only on the ark for 40 days, so they couldn't be too young. Um, uh, or I mean too old because Noah was wanting them to, to reproduce and have babies. So uh, they were probably too young. I do, I, the only thing that I have against Noah is why did he not step on the spider? All he had to do was pick one. Pick one of every kind that came in there and step on the spider. That's all he had to do. That's all, I mean, me and Noah's going to have that conversation one day of why he just didn't step on that spider. But well, I, I don't know how old the, how old the animals were. I, I can't tell you. Um, all I can tell you is there was animals on there that could reproduce. There was animals on there that was obedient to God. And we can learn from those animals, and that dove is one of them. But that dove's deliverance, that dove was just like any other dove. That dove done nothing to deserve to be in the ark. That dove done nothing to earn his way into the ark. That dove done nothing to get the favor of Noah to go into the ark. All that dove ever done was just been faithful to the things of God. That dove didn't have a mind of its own. That dove just followed God. And can you tell you, can I tell you what? I'm thankful for the day that there was a deliverance in my life. You know, I don't have nothing to offer God. I'm just like the dove. I got nothing to offer God. There's nothing in me that's special. All I've got is just who I am, to be faithful to God. And you know what? God delivered that dove. And if we'll be faithful to God, God will deliver us from whatever we're going through. You know, I don't know what you're facing tonight. I don't know what you're going to face tomorrow. But I can tell you this. I know a God who's already there. I know a God that's going to meet you there. I know a God who's going to be with you. I know a God that's going to go through it with you. He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. I know a God that'll be there. I see the dove's deliverance. That dove was delivered into the ark. Done nothing for it. It just delivered into the ark. I thought about the O tonight. That little letter O, I thought about this. I thought about the little song we used to sing with the kids. O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. We sing that song all the, all the time with the little kids. Little kids love it. Obedience. So I thought about the word obedience and how that dove was obedient uh, to the things of God and obedient to Noah. Obedi obedient to the master. When Noah reached up and opened that window, that dove had every opportunity to fly out that window. What kept that dove in the ark when it opened that window? There's something me and Morgan's been doing. And y'all can count as old if you want to. I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I've accepted that. Miss Ashlyn getting some age on me. I'm accepting that. Um, my hairline's showing that more than any, anything. Getting a few little gray hairs in my beard. I'm still young, though. Still young. Still young. Don't worry about that. But we, done, we picked up a hobby, Brother Vince. Bird watching. We got us some bird feeders at the house. We've had them for years now. And we have all kinds of birds. Right now at the house, on any given time, Sunday was, I guess, where it snowed. They went crazy. They, ate, they, they, emptied, they emptied them Sunday. 
We, any, we have any time, and if y'all ever want to see it, y'all just come have some look at them. But at any given time, we have anywhere between 7 to 14 cardinals flying around the house. We got a ton of them. They're everywhere out there. Males and females both, everywhere. We got some, uh, uh, some finches. We got the common, we've been looking them up. We got the common finches. We got these, these, some of them birds, if you go look them up, they got names about that long. But there's one thing about them birds that I've noticed. I cannot go out there and pet one. I cannot go out there and get a hold of them. I'll tell you something else we've got, and this is pretty rare, and we've kept them now. For, they've been around the house for a couple years. we got some doves. we got two little black, uh, black speckled doves. they got their backs. Are split. It looks like somebody just took black paint and went right on their back. we got two doves. And you know what? I, there's so many times, I, I, and I know the boys would love it, if I could just walk out there and pick that dove up and just pet it and hand it colt or hand it to Kyle and, let him just pet on it and love on it. They love it. They'd have fit up. But there's one thing I notice: As soon as I walk to the door, I don't even have to open the door. I walk to the door. They fly off. I swear there's so many birds out there. One day I walked out there and it blew my hat off. Now I'm telling you, they're wings. I'm just kidding. It never happened. But what I'm getting at is why when Noah opened that ark, he opened the window of that ark and the birds that were in the ark they were in there. They had every opportunity to fly out. They literally had the world at their fingertips. They could have done anything they desired to do, but yet they stayed there until their master called them. They stayed there until they, they were obedient to their master. They were obedient to their master. Her freedom, that dove's freedom, was right there. She, all she had to do was take it, but yet... She stayed obedient. Can I tell you what we need? You've got the world at your fingertips. Church, each and every one of you in here, you can go out tomorrow and become anything that you want to be. You can do whatever it is you want to do. You can go places that probably nobody's gone before. You can go do it. But is it what God wants? We can have the world at our fingertips. I, I, I was, when I was studying this, I couldn't help but think of, uh, and I'm sorry, you're the only one in here, but Miss Ashland's age group. Go to your churches and find 18 to 35. Hey, I fall in that group. I just realized that. 18 to 35-year-olds. You find those in churches and they're just non-existent. Can I tell you why? At 18 years old, we put them at the front lines and we give them the world at their fingertips. Go to college. Go do this. Go do that. Go do this. Go and do as you please. We give the world to them at the fingertips. And they take, they choose the world over the things of God. And what do you see by the time one reaches the age of 35 to 45? They're scrambling to get their youngins in church. And what gets them back in church is their youngins. They didn't come to church because they want to. They come to church because they want their youngins in church. Because they know what's right. We need some people that will be like that dove and be obedient. That even though the world is at our fingertips, let's be obedient to the things of the Lord. I thought about this too, the letter V. I told you I was going to be short tonight. The letter V. And I, this was desperation for alliteration, but I had a really good thought that I was really trying to make work with the letter V. And so y'all just, y'all bear with me here. I see the dove's vigorousness. Vigorousness. That word vigorousness means possessing full physical and mental strength to perform the task at hand. Now, that, I talked earlier about that dove making three journeys out of the ark. In the first journey, the dove, 
Um, had, she, I could imagine this, and, and y'all just, y'all, I told y'all I had an imagination of a five-year-old a minute ago, so y'all go with me. I could imagine what happened as that dove was sitting in her cage or, or however Noah had it built for the dove. I don't know. I don't know if they were flying free in there. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I've, I'd like to go up to Kentucky sometime and see the ark and kind of get an idea of maybe what it would have looked like. I don't know if that's right or not, but I'd like to go see it at least. Um, but um, uh, I could imagine that dove as the master called for the dove. I don't know. Did he go down there and pick her up out of the cage? I don't know. All I know is, the, is Noah came and released the dove out in the world. Now... Could you imagine the excitement on that dove? Has anybody, and I used this as an illustration last night, and the kids got a kick out of it, y'all got horses. What happens when you leave a horse in a stall, I mean, just overnight, or for two nights, or maybe three nights you leave them in a stall, and then you open up that gate to let them go to the pasture? They kick, they jump, they have a fit, they holler, they do everything they can to just get all that built-up energy they've had inside of them. They just go crazy. And I could imagine what that dove was like. That dove had been kept up captive. They ain't been able to spread her wings in 40 days. That dove really is released out of that ark. And it, you know, y'all got to go with me. Y'all just got an imagination. And I had a good time thinking about all this. The dove gets out there and he releases that dove. And that dove goes, whoo, whoo. This is what it was like to fly. I've been waiting. This dove probably said it like this because they say doves have short minds. They have their minds are very small and they don't remember very, very much. So they can't remember like five minutes ago. They've got like short-term memory loss. And the dove, as the dove goes off that edge and it's flapping its wings as hard as it can flap its wings, it's going, look at all this water. Look at, and I, I, did, I forgot what it was like to fly. And the dove begins to fly and as it's soaring over the water, I believe as the waves began to crash, that dove flew right there next to the waves. And it forgot what was behind it. Now you say, what was behind the dove? The ark. The protective hand of God. The protection of God. And I could imagine as that dove flew and flew and flew and everywhere it got to, it could see nothing but water. It could see nothing but open water. And the dove flew and flew. And before long, the dove got its mind on the world and got its mind on everything else. It turned around and it couldn't find God. It got so far away that it forgot where it came from. And the dove said, I've got to get back to my master. I got to get back. And that dove is flying as hard as it could. And I could imagine it was probably getting a little tired at this point. It had been flying for who knows how long. And it's probably getting tired as it makes its way back to the ark. And I could imagine right when the dove wants to give up, it peeks over and sees the, the ark and the horizon and makes its way back into the ark. And as the dove makes its final approaches and it's, it's given everything it's got, its wings are just about to give out, it go, in its mind, I bet he thinks, or she thinks, I bet my master's going to be upset because of what I've done. He gave me a job to do to go find land. I was supposed to go find him something, a piece of hope. I was supposed to go find it, and I can't find it. That master's going to be upset. But I promise you right now, let me read the verse of Scripture to you again. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him unto the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. And then he put forth his hand, and I could imagine that dove 
he's going to be mad at me, he's going to be disappointed at me. But what she found out as she got closer to the ark, she saw the master in the window, and she, as she got closer, she saw the smile on his face. And then she didn't have to go unto him. He reached out to her and brought her into the hymn. I thought this was interesting. He brought her. Now, I'm going to pretend my handkerchief is the dove. He brought the dove unto him. I could imagine what he done. He just took that dove and just petted that dove, loved on that dove, and then it says he took the dove back into the ark. Ain't that amazing how God works? You know, there's times in this life where we have everything that we need to serve God. We have that vigorousness to serve God. We have the mindset to serve God. We have everything that we need to serve God. And we go out and we get our mind on this world. We get our mind on everything that does not, that's not God. We, get our, we take our abilities, we take our strengths, we take our mental, mental fortitude, and we put it toward the things of the world and not the things of God. And you may, you may be that one that's done that tonight, but let me tell you, when you return back to God, you're not going to see a God that's going to be upset and ready to chastise you. You're going to see a God that's ready to love you. You're going to see a God that's ready to bring you into Him before He brings you into the ark. He's going to love on you. He's going to care for you. Then I see this right here and we'll be done. I see the letter E. I see the endurance of the dove. The endurance of the dove. That dove just stuck in there. You know, when that dove, that dove went out on its first journey and came back with nothing, it could have had its mind on its failures. It could have had its mind on what it done wrong. It could have had its mind... On what, on what it should have done. But instead, that dove just waited patiently for its due season. And seven days later, the master called for the dove again. And the dove came, and the dove had due season. Could you imagine what that dove must have felt like the second time it got free? And then it found land. Got out there flying over the waves again. Got down there and runs in and sees the trees. First time this dove had seen a tree and at least 47 days, probably longer than that, to be real. And it finally sees a tree again. But there's something I knew about that dove that's interesting to me. When that dove met due season, when that dove made it to its final spot where it ultimately its job was done, it never quit working. What does the Bible say? It says in verse number 11 that, and it says, and the, and the dove came unto him then the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. I got to thinking, that dove had to do a little work to get that olive branch off. That dove had to go in there and work a little bit, and it kept working for the Lord, even though it made it to its final destination. It made it to its quote-unquote due season. It made it to its mountaintop. It never quit working. The dove kept working for the Lord kept working for its master and done exactly what the master wanted it to do. And you say, well, whatever happened to that old dove? Well, I think something happened good because, you know, we got doves today. If that dove had failed, if that dove had, had messed up, there wouldn't be no more doves today because there's only two left. There was only two left at that point. The dove, we know it went on upon its third journey. Yes, we never see it coming back to the ark, but I believe that right there is like the Christian. It's like the young Christian. You know, and, and, and I wish we had somebody to play some music right now, but I want you to just think in your mind where you're at in your seat tonight. Just like that dove, there comes a point to where 
It's our decision, our time to make our own decisions about the things of God.